Hey, everybody, Brad and I want to say thank you for listening and thank you for the support. Please continue to listen and share this podcast on all platforms that you can. And if you'd like to support us monthly, we're set up now where you can go to anchor.fm slash Top Hill Recording. Hit the support button, 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 per month. Any amount would be greatly appreciated. Now back to the podcast. Top Hill Recording Podcast, episode 29, here tonight with no guest other than my buddy Neil. What's up, Neil? What's up, buddy? How you doing? I'm good. It's the first time we've done this for a little while. It is. We're still getting used to that remote platform, especially if uh, you get that delay. Oh, yeah. So you ask a question, there's a half a second delay, and then half a second delay on them responding back to you. Depends uh, how long our podcasts are and how much bourbon I have. Sometimes I have that delay sitting in studio, so... (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of, man, all right, so uh, I brought some Rowan's Creek tonight, Kentucky bourbon. It is really, really good. This it is, is. This is actually the first time I've ever had it, so my buddy Bryce brought that to me as a, he, he handed it to me, he said, here you go, man, happy birthday. I went, it's not my birthday, that's not even close to my birthday. In my head, I was just like, that's not... Then I realized, holy crap, my birthday is right around the corner. So when's this podcast coming out? This will be our first September release. Yeah. it's just, So this is my birthday bourbon. It'll be the first week of September is my birthday. All so right. there you go. It worked out perfect. Bryce must have knew something. He was fortuitous. Well, happy birthday. Uh, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> when's your birthday? Uh, September 6th. Oh, okay. Yeah. So cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, this is really good. Oh, it's excellent. You know, what's funny is uh, I've had this, I've had a bottle one other time, and it was also a gift. That's a pretty nice gift. That's a really nice gift. Reading the label says, John Rowan settled in Kentucky in the late 1700s and started making whiskey. It's a long time ago. And it's still still around, and it's good. I wonder how different it is from um He was a respected judge. Rowan's Creek takes its namesake from the creek that still runs through our little distillery back in the late 1700s when John Rowan first settled about these parts. Whiskey making was the order of the day. John went on and made a name for himself as well as a well-respected judge and statesman. (laughs) Really? He's long gone, but the creek that still bears his name is still carrying the best limestone spring water there ever was for making good bourbon. So that's the secret. Yep. Kentucky limestone. Limestone spring water. That's what makes Kentucky bourbon so much better than all the other whiskeys. Well, it's excellent. <laughs> and I'm almost done with my first one already, so that's scary. <laughs> that's a good thing. So I figured tonight, I, I thought it'd be good to talk about, you've released three of the songs we started recording. Well, actually, the funny thing, tonight, which is not the first week of September, this is, what, the 17th of August. Tonight at midnight, the 18th of August, is when these other two actually come out. Summertime oh, okay. and Never Enough. If I'm a, like 99.99% sure that at midnight tonight they'll be out. But the, the 18th is the release date for those. I didn't realize when I put that that they would actually hold them to that. Because <laughs> I was just thinking, well, if I throw it out there, because you had to put it on CD Baby, uh, put a release date. And I didn't know why they asked that. So what is that process? What are you What are you doing? It, it really it's it's kind of like home studio distribution, basically. So you don't have to have somebody that distributes your stuff everywhere anymore. And that basically used to be the way because it was physical copies of stuff. And if you wanted the world to hear it, you had to get it distributed by a distributor that had all these ties and connections to labels and everything else. So. Um, so basically there are services like CD baby. I think reverb nation does it. There are a bunch of services that do it, that you submit your stuff through and they basically will license it for you. You don't lose, you don't, you don't lose, uh, your rights. You don't lose ownership or anything like that is it is literally, you're paying a service so much to put this stuff on all these like Spotify and, uh, Apple music and, and every other 
streaming music service. Uh, I mean, it's hundreds. You would never know most of them. Um, but even TikTok and all those things, it puts it on everything. Really? Yeah. And um, So TikTok streams music. I Well, they have all the stuff. I don't know. I'm or your song versed. is probably available, probably available to every 12-year-old yeah. out there for background music of their video. Yeah, because TikTok has made people super huge, you know. I mean, and not that I will ever become uh, that through TikTok or anything like that. But it is a platform now that, that people use. So those streaming, those CD Baby and those services provide that. So it's just kind of... Really what you're paying for is Spotify and Apple Music and the things that people use, iHeartRadio, um, Pandora, and then everything else that you get is just kind of, they have those ties and they send them anyway, so it's like, okay, I mean, there's one called Deezer Music, I've never heard of Deezer Music, but they have our music and they have these new releases and somebody, somewhere, uses Deezer Music, <laughs> so... Do you get any kind of analytics from CD Baby for, like, you know, how, how often it's being streamed and on yeah, what platforms? well, uh, you do, but it is based more on, like, Spotify. There's just a few that you can really choose your analytics from. And you can see the... where, like, what type of plays they are, the unique plays and... So if it's coming from say Chris and Chad Donahue, Chad has or Chris has that a uh, couple awesome playlists, and he's put our stuff uh, on those, and you can tell that you've been that a couple of those songs have been listened to from a playlist. It doesn't tell you which playlist, but and then it'll tell you if you've had a a, a one of those streams was a radio stream, and then most of them are like. Uh, uh, website or you know uh, Spotify or so it just depends the analytics get and you can overanalyze and and it, it it's not hard for me to look into because my analytics are or our analytics are so tiny <laughs> we don't have a gigantic audience or a ton of streams so it's like oh cool we got 28 streams this week uh, 14 of them were from you know Kentucky and and a bunch of them were, you know, you could see where they're from. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see that. But, you know, then you remember that you listened to eight songs this week. So they're okay. Maybe there's six people and hope that the other people in your band didn't listen to any songs. So maybe you actually had a couple <laughs> listens. <laughs> so it is what it is, man. But I know one of the things, you don't really like to promote yourself. I don't know how to promote myself. I, it's, 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 um, hmm. Yeah, I don't know how to. I don't know how to do that. You know, I, I ask. I probably ask for advice from trusted friends and that do this stuff. I may reach out, and I don't do it much. Um, but just hey, how do you? How would you go about getting more plays? Or how would you? You know, I, because I've sent stuff. I've sent stuff to WFPK, and I've sent stuff to you know trying to get like labels around here's attention or anything that you can do to. And they just don't bite. They they don't have any interest. So, you know, you you kind of have to find find a different lane, I guess, a different niche. That's just so. And you, and and that's what's hard finding. That's what's real hard. And and realizing that you can't just because those things aren't reaching out to you or, or, or wanting you to be a part of what they're doing doesn't mean that there's not a place. You know, and I think that that that's probably what has come along through the podcast, being able to talk all this stuff through and have these conversations and do all those things. And even from the first, you know, uh, ego podcast and doing all that, you realize that it doesn't just because it isn't going the way you think it should go or the way that you planned it to go. There's other avenues. There's other ways. It doesn't mean that you have to do anything for anybody else. You can write these songs and record these songs and we can sit down here and analyze and overanalyze and, and, but we're learning a lot right now. You know, you're learning how to do things that probably a year ago at this time you didn't think would even be in your wheelhouse. So going from that to doing that, I mean, it's just, it changes, it changes your perspective. Oh yeah. I mean, I've remixed there she goes. The first song we recorded before we even had the studio in the bedroom with the moving blankets. Hmm. I remixed that probably 
<laughs> At least five times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, it might be interesting. I, I've got the original one, the original mix, and then the last one that I did. You should play them back to back right here. Yeah, let's do it. There she goes. A lot of things you can't overcome, like the fact that we were just recording in a bedroom with no sound <laughs> sound uh, dampening other than moving blankets. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, because think about that. There's nothing has been other than that guitar intro with with your new Martin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everything else is the original. Well, I didn't re-record the guitar in that one. Yeah, there's no new uh, new tracks on this song. That's all the original stuff. Oh, that is. Yeah, you're thinking of a different life for me. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Which we haven't even put any right. any of those. Out well, then yet, that's but. even crazier because that guitar in that sounded really, really good in the second one. It's just amazing how different it sounds in not having anything recorded again. If I try to pinpoint what's changed the most since we recorded that in the bedroom before we started recording studio two things really big is like one i can start listening to something and now i can identify the frequencies of where the problem is you know like i can listen to something and and pinpoint frequencies where no chance of doing that in the beginning it was everything was trial and error you know just kind of sweeping with an eq back and forth until you thought you might find the area <laughs> and then the other thing even with plugins it was totally trial and error I, I didn't have any idea what the plugins would do i would just try different settings until i heard something that i like and now i know how to make a plugin do what i want it to do or which plugin can do what i need it to do so yeah. those two things have been huge. It was, and and big time savers. You've probably seen that and how long it takes mm-hmm. to mix a song now compared to what it did yeah. before. Click, 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 click. Yeah. What about this? It's on? Oh. You're, you're uh, like an eye doctor. All right, here's one. Here's two. Here's one. Here's two. <laughs> one. All right, here, I'm going to flip this one. And here, all right, here's three and four. Three. <laughs> but it's, it's uh, funny because every time I come across something new or learn something new, or find a plug-in that really does what I've been trying to find uh, that I need, I want to go back and redo everything before. I mean, I've done that with the songs that's that we've hard, been yeah. recording. And well, I mean, that's the hardest you thing. You can't do that forever. You, I mean, you could, and that's the problem, <laughs> especially if you've got the the uh, software to do it. You've got to make yourself go next thing. With these songs, it was uh, it was nice to do something else to go next thing so you know we did the original record years ago and we had when we went into that we had a bunch of songs and we had to you know kind of slash it down and do a little bit of this and that but 
then we with the the Odeon thing, it kind of flew together real quick, and that was just hey, let's. That was kind of like a hey, we're going to record some new songs. Here's this. We haven't done anything in a long time. Maybe, maybe this will get your attention enough to under realize that there's new stuff coming, and and when it comes out, you'll be excited about it. Because, you know, thinking about the Odeon. It's like 15 songs or 14 or 13. It's it's a decent chunk of songs. And I think five of those songs have never been recorded before. So there was a, a good chunk of new material on that too. And and granted, we didn't perform it well. It's I listened to it and can't stand it. I think the album's like, ugh, cringy. Very cringy. Especially that's what my kids would say. Cringy, dude, it's so cringy. <laughs> well, that's what it feels like. So that you're talking about the uh, what we put out on the bonus yeah. edition. Well, but yeah, because it's on Spotify. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I released that. We and we put it out, and we didn't push it, but you and know, you have a video out there too, right? Live, yeah, live at the Odeon, which probably you know <laughs> more than anything when you pay for something, you just want to uh, release it. So I mean, that's the reason the video's out there. I did all the editing on the you know cuts and all that and it's probably not any good i haven't really watched it but you know on the sound on that i was using all studio one stock plugins at that time that was the original yeah i mixed with stock plugins until i got that understanding of what different settings and on different plugins would do and then then you kind of learn on you kind of learn where your limits are with stock plugins and what you want and then start shopping around which yeah. oh my goodness that's addictive <laughs> you could spend some bucks oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> it really is i think when we had phil bright on here he was talking about he has so many plugins he doesn't even know what he has and i i could see where that would happen i've i've made myself not do that i really don't purchase a plugin until i really researched it and find out it does exactly what i'm wanting it to do so but it is still it's still you can build a, I got a wish list in that book right there of, of ones I want, but uh, I'm waiting. I'm going to try to wait until December because all of these companies have huge Ooh, sales in December. Yeah. I mean, huge sales. Like 70% off because yeah, their new yeah. stuff's coming out and it's all digital yeah. anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try to make myself wait. It's only a few more months. <laughs> It's only a few more months, man. I think I've got seven on my wish list. And, <laughs> and you know, my my wish list keeps getting more expensive, too. I was going to say, it's probably like uh, about $3,000 worth of stuff now. If you wait till yeah. December, it'll be about $300. I first started out, you know, I started with free plugins. I started looking at plugins that cost 30 to $50. And now, I'm, you know, I've got some on there that are $399. I, say, I know how much some of them cost. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, a, it's like a bottomless pit. Oh, dude! The whole music, anything with music is. If you fall so, in love so with what it. was uh, what was the experience of uh, recording here? For me, I mean, for me, this or it, just for the band. What are you hearing? Well, they loved it. They loved. They loved it. They loved recording. They loved the process. Um, you get special treatment because you get real specialized attention. Because especially when you, you know, you lay down the original track of of your rhythm section basically and you and and you can keep that and then once you get that you kind of have to layer everything in and out and and you know musicians are musicians they like to feel special so to to feel uh oh cool i get my own time to come in and do this and and um i kind of dig it for me it was just easy because it was you know uh I've been here, <laughs> you know, so there I can tell like when and Spencer has uh kind of referred to it a little bit recently that you know he kind of there it was a bit of a, more of a pressure situation for him because he's young and new to the recording process, and I think that he had to he felt like he needed to come in here and get it done and nail it and it took us a while to get him to relax. Yeah, I did. It took us a while to get him to relax. And and he is talented enough to you give him if, if he ran two takes, you could have put something together that would have been sufficient. 
that a lot of people would have thought, man, this is really, really good. Now, would it made him happy? No. But if you can run just a, enough to do what you can get loose and comfortable and, you know, that that's the most important thing, I think, in any studio setting is you got to feel comfortable. you got to get in a bit of a rhythm. And I think that a lot of a lot of musicians don't take time before walking into the studio to get loose and to, um, like, relax and, and, and not be tense because the worst thing you can be as a musician in a studio is tense it's just you're not going to perform well you know i'm thinking where to take the studio i think the market here will be somebody who's looking for the comfort of a semi-professional home studio because i I honestly believe as i get more confident and i'm mixing down and listening to reference tracks from different places you can get pretty daggone close where 99% of the people aren't going to be able to tell the difference between somebody you know mixing uh, yeah. mixing with plugins digital plugins versus you know yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of hardware and i can do it here and make it worth my time for you know half the cost of of those mm-hmm. those places so it's yeah. kind of that's kind of what uh what I'm thinking, I'll make my market here. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of opportunity, and I don't it just depend on what you want to do, of course. But like, even with more, you know, people would probably want to come do what we're doing right now. You can offer that. You can offer recording for uh, bands. You can offer recording for people that want to come in lay a live recording down in this. I mean, there's a lot of avenues to take something like this. But the biggest, the most important thing at a studio setting for me is for the person in charge to make the people that are going to be doing the the actual performance and performing feel good and comfortable what you don't want to do is be the guy that's you know behind the board and be an ass you don't want to be a oh, jerk yeah. you don't want to be intimidated <laughs> by your afraid to say hey uh can we do that again or hey uh i don't like that the way that sounds i I kind of would rather every we all hear music in our own tone and and the way we want especially when you write you know what you kind of want to hear and the tone and the and the this or the that or the to be able to feel like the people who come in here you're going to be able to make them comfortable enough to be like, hey, if I, uh, can we do that again? Or can you make the bass a little heavier? Or can you bring the, vo-? you know, I think that goes a lot uh, farther or as far as being able to say, hey, I went to this big place and I paid all this money and I did all these things and I did what they told me to do. And, you know, oh, yeah. nobody wants to do that. No, I, de- I, I definitely uh, would want it to be a collaboration with the artist or the band, no doubt. For sure. So we started with Rocket. Rocket. That was a venture, man. When did you write Rocket? Mm. Rocket was tough. Rocket was just a... uh, Is it a recent song or... Probably when it was recorded was was not too uh, long after it was written. It really was kind of a a venture uh, away from anything I'd really written. Um... Because it is more, I think, I look at it more of like a movie soundtrack song or something. I don't know what it is. I, I, it really just kind of was its own single thing, but it, it battled me. Trying to write the, figure out the lyrics for that song, and not that they're any good or perfect or whatever, but it just it just seemed like I really had a, I had like nine pages of lyrics for that song, and nothing made me feel good about it. Um, but but I knew what I wanted to do. I knew what I was trying to do with the song and trying to say. So when when Melissa asked me about it, and I had to say it for the first time, I think I'd probably tell Kim about it. But I mean, just you know, it's it's a it's a kind of dark, weird concept. And, and you know that conversation too. That kind of uh, I, I could see what she was saying. You know, as a professional songwriter trying to market songs for quick sales you want the listener to be able to know exactly what the song the meaning of the mm-hmm. song is me personally 
I like songs that are kind of open for interpretation. Mm-hmm. I like to listen to those kind of songs. I write that way probably too much <laughs> uh, when I do write songs. So that was kind of surprising to me. But when you sit and think about it, you could see, okay, most, most of your casual listeners... And a lot of songs you really just enjoy listening to, like on the dang on, you know, yeah, pontoon dang, boat or something. Yeah. You just went straightforward, just easy and easy to listen to. Yeah, don't make don't me have think. To think. Yeah. Don't make me think. <laughs> but but if I'm just wanting to jam a little bit and some headphones and taking a hike or something, I kind of want something a little more than that. Yeah, I mean, and and I think that's what that kind of was. I mean, I I don't really know how I write. I, I just write. So like you look at summertime, it's a it's I think it's pretty straightforward. One of those kind of don't think too much jams, and then and that's a fun song, and it's a fun song, and, and uh, never enough. And people is, are going to love that. I think I th- that's coming out tonight, right? I think so. Yeah, and never. So it'll be out when this is. It'll out, be yeah. out. It'll be out for a couple of weeks by the time this comes out. But what will also be out is you out of uh, working. But we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> so you know, it's just uh, I don't know, man. I you know. <laughs> It's funny because I mentioned WFUK earlier, and I thought this this rocket's going to be the song they I think that they'll like for that reason. It's a little bit lyrically different. I just thought that would be because I think I don't know. I think maybe all the other stuff's a little bit too. Did you hear anything? They just said they'd listen to it, and it's. And it's okay. I, you know, we got these other things that are coming out, and I've got other songs I'm going to write and have written, and and you just keep trying, and that's okay. Because uh, I'll never give that dream up. I'll, I'll always have the dream, the dream of kind of being... Are you happy with the finished product? Yeah, I am. I, I'm, I'm really happy with it. I was proud of that song. You know, I thought it turned out great, you know, and I liked, uh, I liked the way we worked together on it. Well, what, it was six minutes and 52 seconds, <laughs> you know, when we first recorded it, we were like, man, no way. <laughs> and then we had we had your keyboard player come in here, and, and we were talking about, man, we got to cut this down. He was like, no, don't cut it down. It's mm-hmm. good, you know. And so we left it for a while, and then we were finally like, we got to get it down. Well, we got it to five minutes, right? Right under five. It was four something or right under five. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a miracle to do, but we did it. Let's listen to a little bit of Rocket, and then we'll talk about it some more. All right. say that's the one thing with rocket lyrically it's a venture for me to sing 
you know, quiet and in a higher register and to be patient and not be real loud as a singer. I mean, I think that that is what my tendency is, is to be the overwhelmingly loud voice. So you like to sing loud and beat the hell out of your guitar? Well, it's the only way I can get my full voice out in it. If I'm going to sit around a bonfire and sing quiet, I'm going to sound like crap because I don't have a great voice. But if I can project, I can have a decent enough voice to sound good. And if I can have a hot enough microphone, I can also probably sound pretty good. And I mean, with Rocket, it was a balance of a hot mic, really kind of being patient because we didn't, nothing we did vocally took a lot of takes we didn't do a lot no. of takes you know no. everything was two or three four i think part of it was that song battling me so much that i knew exactly what i wanted to do by the time that i got to it so uh it wasn't a challenge to sing because it, it was worked out but it was a venture and, and that's why i think i liked rocket so much it was just a departure from from you know the summer times and and lately especially i've been writing that funky country whatever you know like summertime and um you like to write and perform a lot of different music so i mean you've you've talked about that some you you wonder if sometimes that hurts you i mean we've even laughed you know we were trying to come up with what we're going to call this ep (laughs) and uh and i came up with della Delhi eclecticacy. Delhi Delhi eclecticacy. Yeah, you trying to combine (laughs) combine eclectic and delicacy uh, because you know it is four songs that are way way different. I mean, you've got everything from straight country, almost shuffle with Nashville, Nashville, uh, which we're you know just still finishing that up. It'll probably be finished by the time this comes out. And then you've got summertime. I mean. That's I've heard like, you call that country. I don't know. If, I guess it's a... Funk country? Yeah, I don't know what you can call it. Yeah, that's a, uh, yeah and then, It's then like you, a bluesy country funk shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> then, you get, then you have Never Enough. That's like uh, a southern rocky ballad. More like a rock, you know, and then and then you've got a ballad. Ballad, rocket. And not to my detriment or anything, because you got to have something to lose something i have nothing that's holding me back (laughs) so we're good but you know i think i get in grooves where i write kind of a certain way and then i'll write it another way and then i'll so i mean like daily feed back in the day that's a it sounds nothing saint peter it's a because the beatles throwback i mean there's just a bunch of different stuff even back to the old days with you know normal you talk about a song that you really kind of throws you for a loop of the meaning you got to figure that one out yourself and live and learn and there's just a bunch of different sounds but so i mean i guess that's probably something that makes me happy uh, is that there's i think if i kept recording the same sounding songs then i wouldn't be evolving as a musician or a person so a big part of that is look i got these four songs a lot of them don't sound alike but as a it shows a little versatility as a writer it shows and that's not anything i'm ever trying to do i don't set out to be like i'm gonna write this so i can show everybody how different this song is from this it's just they come out how they come out man <laughs> you know i'm gonna put a time constraint on us here what are we I'm, at I'm, no not on oh, I'm, okay. I'm gonna say that we are going to close this episode with nashville yeah we'll have nashville done by this for sure so we'll close. Uh, yeah. We'll close with Nashville. If this is comes out like September third, you'll have three full days. It'll definitely be done. You won't have anything <laughs> to do. You'll remix it seventy two times in those three days. <laughs> when it came to recording, mixing, and getting it to where we were like, yeah, this one's ready to be final. Summertime was the easiest. Summertime was the easiest. Summertime be- came together easily. Why? Why do you think that was? Well, I think I know why it was, because summertime has been around for years. So summertime, there is no, we came in. So the performance was tighter all the way. It's just everybody knew what the hell to do. So when when we originally recorded in the studio, it was Doug, the bass player, Doug Kaiser, and Aaron Lambert, the drummer, 
And then I was in the control, the, room. The control room with the guitar and just doing a scratch track with an acoustic guitar and, and vocals. That song was just as tight as we could get it already. So there was no surprises. Everybody knew when to come up, when to go down, when to be quiet, when to get loud, when to do what, when to... The, the biggest thing on that song I remember when we, were, when we recorded is it goes to that little shuffle. Well, we've never done that on time. So so going, wait, we're, we've always been a little bit fast. We need to bring that. So getting that to a click track and doing everything correctly and, and, go, and making sure that we didn't go too fast or go too slow or do those things. I, I still think it, it may have taken us two or three takes to do that thing, but... Um, that just goes to show when you know your material. When we actually recorded, I think we just took a couple layers of everything just to make sure we had options, you mm-hmm. know. But that was one. If you listen, if we did three takes, those three takes would almost be identical mm-hmm. to compare to the other songs we did. Because I think we did one take of Rocket. I don't think we did. Aaron and Doug didn't even know Rocket. So I mean, honestly, we were just kind of messing and it ended up being the one that came out first because we got so excited about something that sounded so different than anything else and you and i you know kind of dug our claws into that one especially you but yeah that that summertime that that's the reason when you know something like the back of your hand you don't need much time you can just roll through it nail it go on to the next thing and then uh what was the then never enough, I think, was the the one that was after that. That was kind of yeah, a struggle for you and I. Yeah, it took a little work. It took a lot of work. There, there's so much time involved that people don't realize. You know, but on your end, a ton. On my end, uh, there's there's more than you know some. But <laughs> the time you spent on never enough, you'll never <laughs> get back. Never enough is a little busy. It, well, not a little bit. It's it's a lot busier. There's a lot more going on. You know, so we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what to take out of it. Yes. You know, so it's like uh, yes. other songs, you're trying to figure out how to make what's in there sound the best. And here you're trying to, you know, something, is is that is, is that, that acoustic guitar really adding anything? Mm-hmm. Or is that, you know, is this? So we spent a lot of time figuring out what didn't belong in that song. Yeah, what, what to pull, which is weird. I mean, like you're right, you're, you're trying to, most of the time when you, you know, cook something, you add spices, you don't take spices out. We were just like, <laughs> no, that, but, that's a good analogy. But it sounded better. It tasted yeah. better once it was done. You know, you, you got to sometimes eliminate noise to get to, speaking of, going back to kind of what was mentioned before, you know, sometimes you've got to do what services the song you know and in music you don't ever want to step on anybody's toes you don't want to uh, offend anybody and especially people you play with or in the band or anything like that but you know you we ended up doing it ourselves sometimes you cut things or do something that services the song first that you know eventually kind of kicks you in the butt and you go oh, I, I didn't think about it that way or realize it that way but as a songwriter, that's that's always where you go. And I think as a uh, engineer and producing a song, that's always where you go. And that's why you end up taking stuff out and doing things that adding this, adding that. But mostly, I think mostly with everything we did was subtracting mm-hmm. layers, subtracting minutes from rockets, subtracting instruments from um, never enough. So, so we're going to do the same thing with Nashville. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> there's going to be some subtracting going on that. I mean... Sometimes you you have to kind of do that, and yeah. to have the ability and the freedom and the and the the foresight to understand that more doesn't mean better. Sometimes less really is more, and and you know that's that's about servicing the song first. I'm gonna play a little bit of summertime. Summertime, everything is better in the summertime, man. Ford, custom wheels, 
before just behind the grill it only gets 10 miles to a gallon of gas but it'll hurt your eyes with all the chrome it has a two inch hitch that pulls the boat perfect complement to its electric choking with the windows down i get the feeling fine because everything is better in the summertime Beds loaded, ready to go Down to our favorite watering hole We got suntan oil and plenty of beer Because things go dry 20 miles from here Got a dock in the cove next to the boat ramp The county came in and they raised the rent But we'll pay their money to avoid the fine Cause everything is better in the summertime Somebody grab the cooler with the beer And don't forget to bring the bread Drinking with the water mixed with the sun can go straight to your head. Don't forget about that sunblock. Don't you think about checking the time. Cause everything is better in the summertime. Man, I got like four more songs coming out that are going to be the same thing. It's going to be like, is that bluegrass or rock? <laughs> <laughs> so we got to get on those. Well, you're going to have to practice your banjo more. Ben, I have been. Yeah? Yeah, I've been working on the banjo. A lot of banjo haters I've noticed on this podcast. There's a lot of banjo haters in life I've noticed. Yeah. Especially when you are... I love the banjo. Well, I think that's the problem. It's either you love the banjo or you hate the banjo. <laughs> there is nobody that's like, eh. Now, I don't think you'd want to like get together in a circle like you can with acoustic guitars and have five banjo players. <laughs> Man, you bring the banjo? <laughs> no, that'd be awful. <laughs> No, you want one banjo and five guitars, and that needs to be the ratio. Maybe a bass and a mandolin. Yeah. Well, of course a bass and a mandolin, but, you know. <laughs> so, Summertime, you told me that uh, the end of that song you uh, was always a part you hated and hated thought it. about taking it out, and then when we put it together, you said you liked it best. Because we kind of ended up doing something different. Uh, Mama's in the kitchen, and Daddy's I did this little slide-up thing, and I don't know why. And then the the uh, harmonies just ended up working out. Mama's in the kitchen. And then Josh caught on. And Spencer. Layered up, man. But you know, it's also one of those things that I could probably never hear this song again in my life and be okay with it. <laughs> But it's not because I hate it or anything. It's just because I, I wrote it. Yeah. I've, I've played it. and We've heard it quite a bit. We've, we've heard it quite a bit. Yeah. All four of these songs can just go bye-bye for a while. Cindy knows the words to every one of your songs. You know, that's funny. Kim was like, <laughs> I bet Cindy's so sick of listening to this shit. She likes summertime, though. <laughs> one out of four ain't bad, man. If we can continue that, we're good But she likes everybody. them all. I mean, she really likes summertime. So are you doing anything once these songs come out? Are you contacting playlist and well, what do they call them? They call them influencers. What do they call them? I Spotify? guess, man. There's there's a certain things that you can do like submit hub and and um, it's everything's pay for play. I mean, it's almost everything is pay for play. You're you're gonna say take submit hub, which is a website that you can upload your stuff and there's free plays and free you know so and and you get. About a 4% return on that for the free stuff that you'll get somebody that says, hey, I'll share you on a playlist. Or you can pay, and then the rate goes up. The percentage rate goes up tremendously. If you want to get a ton of spins and and you're someone like me, I'm, I'm really going to have to... I'm going to have to spend, you know, a little bit of money to get somebody to share my song or do this or that. And it's not much. You really want to generate it on your own uh, or or with somebody that believes in you that says, hey, I, I really want to help you do this thing. That goes back to what we've talked about. There's just so much out there. So much. With the ability to be able to put your songs out there on streaming platforms mm-hmm. now. And, you well, know, I mean, and, like CD Baby. I'm no different than any other person in the world. Everybody else and in people the world are paying, can put it out. People are paying uh, others to get them on playlist and make those contacts and manipulate uh, social media platforms well, to get followers and the, the, I think the biggest the biggest question that that you have is somebody that 
like like me that writes and and feels because you do get responses on the good part about like the submit hub and stuff like that is you get responses and people tell you what they think a lot of times they don't have to but sometimes they actually would offer advice and and a lot of them uh to give you a, a kudos is the production is really really good cool and which is awesome but you know it, it, i gotta admit when we were talking to uh ryan partners melissa and uh she she said something about the production being good i was wanting to go in there and say yeah, I, I was it. trying. To, I was trying to say that. I was trying to give you the plug, but it ended up. It was right at the end, and we walked ourselves out of the whole thing. You know, it is cool to get feedback, and it is always cool to say, "Hey, the production's good. I like the harmonies. I like the guitars. I like the vocals. I like this and that. Uh, the cool song." And then you get, you know, it's out of a hundred, and it is so subjective. But then you get the people that give you seven percent and say it's the worst piece of shit they've ever heard in their life that's just an angry person not necessarily man it could be somebody that asked, none of your songs are seven percent well think about this think about if summertime came on and all you like was uh, edm electronic uh music dance they, they, music. they shouldn't be rating by their preference it's just art well it is what it is yeah so but you have to it's actually good for somebody like me it's good to get that rejection and to get it in your face like that. So you're going to put an 808 in your next song? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, but it is good. But I need to, not that I'm ever on a pedestal or put myself in that, but it is good for me to hear like your song is dated. Your song uh, is, sucks. Or your vocals aren't, you know, it's good to hear the good stuff what you get but it's also good to hear the constructive stuff stuff from people that well that's the key if it's constructive it's constructive if somebody says this sucks and it's seven percent that's not constructive well and like if somebody says the example with the dated song like never enough i like it it just sounds like a dated song and i think about it i'm like yeah it's kind of an old school throwback southern rocky ballady jam song i could see how somebody would say that yeah now does it sit there with everybody or is it nostalgic with other people or do people dig it because of there are a million different takes on that but you've got to for me it's good to hear that so it doesn't offend me number one and i can i can look at it now in a way that i can go i can understand that instead of trying to defend the song and defend my my uh, writing ability and these other, you know. I don't know but, what you're saying. But I that, mean, it's the same way when you know when you send a mix out to everybody and you know, you, you know, <laughs> what do you think? And people start sending back. You gotta be ready to hear it. Yeah. yeah. And I and I, I appreciate it. I just I just know when I send it out. Hey, you know, it's good to do that. I like to do that because, and it might be an inexperienced thing for me, but you sit in here and and you listen and you start getting accustomed to what the song is sounding like. And uh, it's just good to get another perspective. Well, and sometimes even your own. You know, yes. I'd be like sometimes I'm just like it's time to go to bed go, and come and you back get up tomorrow. the next day, and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> what did well, I do? And last that's time? what I was gonna say. A lot of times when you send, if you send something out, because I, 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 I think for the most part I know how you are. My perspective is he's been working on this for a while. He's sending it out, going. He's got a good idea of of what he's going for, where he's at, the direction. And then if you send like three, I'm going, if it's not, hey, these are three different takes of this. My always, I'm always thinking, how long has he been doing it? Where's his ears at? Is he blown out? Most of the time it's not. Most of the time it's, you're, you're, we're always progressing. It never tends to go from a progression to a regression back to start progressing. It always tends to be going in the right direction, which is a positive anyway. But as somebody who sits in this in a room and and uh, produces and engineers and, and is getting something, you can like you've talked about. You only have so long before you can go. I can't hear anything anymore. <laughs> so, what, what do you think about the fusion sessions, the car sessions, going in the rides? Oh yeah, I think they're important. Hey, That's I, the most important thing about about finalizing something is it has to sound good everywhere. It can't just sound good in this room. Yeah, the the fusion sessions are important. Yeah. So what Neil and I did, I would make three mixes, 
<laughs> kind of uh, just a, a little variation on things that I wasn't quite sure which sounded better, you know, and who and what people would like better. Maybe this, maybe one mixed down would be a little darker, one a little brighter, and one in the middle. And then I would go pick Neil up, and we would ride around, and I would just play them <laughs> randomly without telling him anything about them and asking him which ones he liked. I would already decide which one I liked, and then we'd see if we'd come together. And we usually did. We usually did, and uh, until I started looking at the, you know, the name of the uh, yeah, actual looking song, at, looking at the stereo to see which one I was playing. <laughs> I was like, oh, hell, oh, dude, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> the the last one it was the best one because you sent me three mixes of summertime, I believe. Summertime or never enough, whichever one it was, never enough. It was never enough. It was A, B, and C. Yeah. And you said, here you go, man. I absolutely know which one. And and anytime you sent me an A, B, and C, there was no absolutes. It was like any of them could be. So you sent me one. You're like, here, here, here's the last three I'm sending you. I, I know which one I like. I know like. which one I like. I yeah. know which one I like. And I listened to it, and I went, I like this one and this one. And you went, I'll come pick you up tomorrow, okay? You got time? <laughs> and I went, okay. So the next day... Kim and I went somewhere and I was like, hey, let's listen to these recordings. And we listened and it was immediate which one was the best. I mean, immediate. So I sent you a text. I may have called you or something. But we talked and you're like, yeah, man, that's why I was going to come get you because the other one was so good. I'm glad you just sent me that. <laughs> well, yeah. So I had them ranked one, two, and three. And the one you sent back, I like such and such. I was like, oh, man, that's my third. That was my third. We got to go listen together. And then the next day you sent back and said, Nah, man, I was wrong. I like this one the best. I was like, okay, that's yeah, what I like. It was so much clearer. <laughs> so much better. Let's listen to Never Enough. Never Enough. So we got never enough done. Now we're ready to finish Nashville. I think uh, I think Nashville's about there. I think it's about there. It's really close. It'll be done definitely by the time we're ready here. Yeah, I think so. The real thing is, what's next? I think that I am going to open it up for somebody to come in here. You know, putting out there. You know, we're going to follow the CDC guidelines. I mean, this is it is in my home, so. We'll, we'll wear a mask unless they're singing and see what we can do, you know, get, Check get somebody temperatures in here. at the door and all that. Uh, you probably need to. Uh, maybe so. You yeah. might need to. I mean, look, if you're going to open the studio to that, that's what you have. You follow the regulations. Yep. Do what you need to. I mean, there's you got closed doors and all that stuff. But, but Jeremy know. Scharf told me he wanted to record. He wants to just get some demos down that he needs to send out. I think you said him and a saxophone player. Dana? I, I don't know. Uh-oh. So, you know, maybe we can go ahead and get that going. Let's do it. 
So, you know, I sent you a different life for me. What did you think of that? It sounds so much different than it did the first yeah. time I heard it. So that's another. That's the biggest thing. That's the other song that we recorded, you know, just in this, when it was just a bedroom with the moving blankets. <laughs> the only thing we recorded uh, over again was the acoustic guitar. So yeah, it's coming along, man. I think, um, I think I'm ready to put the final stamp on that. Are you? Yeah. Let's hear it. Pappy's my dad. I told Pappy that that's the best bass he's ever played. I agree. I, think. I agree. He killed it. He killed it. So I don't know. Maybe I need to get on CD, baby, and put these out just for the hell of it. Get them Why out there. Why wouldn't you? I think I will. Why not? It's nine bucks a single or like 30 bucks for an album. So I found out my daughter, Tia, I don't know. I think she kind of journals, really. I don't know if it's songwriting, but she just kind of writes things down. Writing's writing, man. She was telling us about a song she was writing. We were in Florida, and we we had a few beers and margaritas at the seafood place. You know how you do in Florida. We had a little buzz, me and Cindy and Tia. <laughs> so we started finishing this song that she had called Solo and came up here. And this is the first time that I ever messed with virtual instruments. It's, it's it. all, it's nothing but virtual instruments from start to finish. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've got her permission to play this, but it, I, think it, I think it ended up turning out pretty good. I think it's you know, great. Let's uh, let's play. <laughs> this is my daughter Tia. First time she's ever even probably spoken to a microphone. Here we go. Love it. My therapist said I needed to write down my feelings, so that's why I wrote this song.
So I thought I'd just let that one play all the way out since it's just two minutes. I hope she don't edit you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm putting it in there. <laughs> I think it turned out all right. I love it. But yeah, it's a, it was fun playing with virtual instruments. I even thought, man, it's it's just kind of fun just to sit in here, get on those instruments, and make different beats. And you could be a DJ now. Yeah, or just or just make uh, songs for people who don't have a band, or you know something that wants to. And maybe what we end up doing soon. You know, Me speaking you. of two minutes, uh, I was looking the other day. Did my wife talk to you? No. Oh. When? I don't know. Why'd you ask that? Just speaking of two minutes. <laughs> 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 I was looking at the the top 100 uh, like hot Spotify independent artist or something, and so many songs less than three minutes. Oh yeah, I mean probably fifty percent of them, and hardly any over four minutes. Well, if you, if you, they're gonna all be under about a minute before we know it because they're all gonna be TikTok songs, man. They're gonna be all. But I, I mean, I was surprised minutes, how many, you know, songs you would but see. You know what? Two minutes, 30 seconds. They're two crazy. minutes, If you look at like, uh, if you look at old Buddy Holly songs or Elvis Presley songs, they're all two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. They're all two and a half minutes. Yeah. Every day it's getting closer. Two minutes. Yeah. They're all two and a half minutes. And we, I guess we started taking ourselves too uh, seriously and writing longer songs and, you know, really professing our love and all these things. Well, Let's start writing shorter songs. All right, no problem. I'm great. <laughs> that be at, I'm easier, great at right? one verse and one chorus. I'm killer at a verse and a chorus, dude. If I can get away with that, we're gonna have a million songs. We need like a badass hook mm. that you just repeat. Yeah, with maybe one verse <laughs> <laughs> and some virtual instruments. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right, that's that's our new uh, that's our new lane. <laughs> All right, man. Well, we're going to have to get Nashville ready because we're getting ready to go out on it right now. Let's go out on Nashville. It's been good talking to you. Yeehaw, brother. We got some more again. good guests coming up. See ya.
baby to Nashville for the weekend.